A note to our listeners before we get started. This story contains descriptions of assault and sexual violence, so please be advised. Previously on Verified. So I look at this video and it's horrific. And I'm thinking about how does this happen? How was this not charged? This was considered acceptable conduct. I'm not going down for this. I'm going to fight this. You know, and I, I, I did what I thought necessary. However, um, it's my word against the police officer. And, and who are people going to believe? And I was just so shocked. At that moment, I knew that Francis had been sitting in custody ever since the police department had this information and then ever since the county attorney had this information for nine or ten months without sending it to me. Dave, where are we right now? Well, we're really on the kind of the beginning stretch of the, the town of Superior. And, I mean, it's not a big town. It's beautiful out here. Do I call these mountains or Mesa? I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, these mountains are, are really, this red rock is, is beautiful. And this is such a small little town. It seems so small and peaceful and quiet. We're right off the main drag, a street over, and that's where they used to have their police headquarters. That's where we are. So this little building, this little building here, was their police headquarters. It was. I mean, you look at it, you wouldn't know it now, other than, you know, there's still a town of Superior sign out front. Superior, Arizona. Population, a little under 3,000. It's a town an hour from Phoenix, where they used to mine silver. Yeah, small town, small you, time, you, small you, town. Yeah, when you think of a movie of, like, you know, the law, you know, right. the small this town is, sheriff. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the police we, department, we, it's this place. Right. And, and this, is a, this is the place that was being described as a second chance department? What does that, what does that mean? Or in some cases, a third chance, fourth chance. I think one officer is a sixth chance. It means they've been pushed out of previous departments or fired, and this is their last resort. This is, I believe, their second or third, fourth, fifth chance to still become a, remain a cop in Arizona. And that also means Superior was a town filled with police officers with bad records. I mean, we're talking about lying on duty. We're talking about uh, planting evidence, fleeing from cops themselves, uh, either after bar fights or DUIs, um, mishandling informants, crimes, uh, sex on duty. But if there's, I mean, if this is a place where they get a so-called second chance, then you'd think that they'd be on their best behavior here. I mean, you could, and maybe for some that was the case, but also if you think about what they were, the scrutiny in bigger cities already isn't great and enough. So you come out here, where you're an hour outside the Phoenix metro area, you have a town of a few thousand. I mean, who's coming out here to hold them accountable? Mm-hmm. So they could just kind of get away with anything? I mean, they kind of were. We already know what can happen when there's one bad cop inside a large city police department. But what happens when most of the officers on the force have records of misconduct so bad They're on a Brady list. And the thing is, nobody who lives in the town knows about it. This is Verified. Full disclosure. I'm Natasha Del Toro.
Dave and his team had already uncovered some police officers with pretty bad track records. In Glendale, Arizona, Matt Schneider was caught on tape pulling down a man's pants and tasing him in the testicles. In Phoenix, Arizona, Anthony Armour had lied to his superiors, lied in his police reports, and had been investigated 14 times. Despite their records of lying, both officers remained on the force. Armour was placed on the Brady list, and Schneider wasn't. We know that that list exists so prosecutors can track police with integrity issues and to make sure their past misconduct is disclosed. That's legally required following the 1963 Supreme Court case Brady v. Maryland. Still, we also know that Francis Salazar spent 22 months in prison based entirely on the testimony of Anthony Armour, a documented liar. We like to think that there are some major guardrails in the American legal system to protect against this kind of stuff, and and they're not as strong as we think, if they're even there at all. And that's scary. Um, it's, It's scary. Dave realized that there were serious breakdowns in the system, but he wanted to know how big the problem was and just how many bad cops were out there. The thing is, there was no official statewide Brady list. There were no rules on how to do this. Each county kept their own list in their own way, and none posted the list publicly. So Dave and his team started writing emails. They started writing to every county attorney in Arizona. Maricopa County, Pinal County, Pima County, Mojave County, Yuma County. And we send out all these emails to all of the county attorney offices, so the prosecutor offices. They had one request. We said, hey, real simple, we want your Brady list or whatever you call that kind of list. We want the names on it and as much information as you can release. Thank God Arizona only has 15 counties and not 50 or 60 like some states. They wanted the list of names of every officer with a record of misconduct, lying, excessive force. Cops with records that should be revealed to a defendant. How how difficult is it to compile a Brady like this kind of comprehensive Brady list? I mean, some of the counties, it wasn't too bad. It, it took me some counties months just to get someone on the phone or to answer an email. But the truth is, the way Dave sees it, making the list wasn't all that hard. And I don't say that to minimize what we did. I say that because it means it should never have taken this long. It's not some amazing, dramatic undertaking. It can be done, and it could have been done really quickly if any prosecutor or state agency decided they just wanted to get it done. Right. It's not that difficult. No, it's names on a list. A database. Yes. In 2022 or 2020 at the time. I know this is, we're in a technology, technological age. It isn't very difficult to um, compile names of from lists you already have and put them together in a spreadsheet. So it can be done in Arizona. It should be done everywhere. It took about six months to get all the Brady lists from around the state. And in 2020, Dave did a news segment on his local TV news channel, ABC 15, and announced what he and his team had been up to. Right now, we're publishing a brand new statewide Brady list. It is 1,800 officers, past and present, from every corner of Arizona. So so you created your own Brady list. Yeah, we created actually... Arizona's first comprehensive statewide Brady list. I think it's the only, it was, or it still might be the only statewide 
list in any state. But why did you have to make the list? Because no one else did it. You're an investigative reporter here in Arizona. Why are you the one that's compiling the Brady list here in Arizona? If they wanted to do it, they would have done it. But, but you know, I, when I looked at what it would take to get it done, it didn't seem that overwhelming. It wasn't going to take me a decade of work. Just it, I thought it needed to be done. So it's just... It, to me, and this has been part of my reporting, the reason why this is a problem, the reason why there isn't a list, the reason why these problems exist, it's ignorance, it's arrogance, but mostly it's indifference. They don't want to do it. They don't care to hold themselves accountable. Now that he had the lists, Dave started taking a closer look. I wanted to see, are there situations where they're in one county and officers move to another county and they're not on those counties' lists? And there are, and they were. And so we started seeing all of these different problems. Dave had heard stories about officers who bounced around from department to department. Oftentimes, they were in trouble or about to be in trouble. So they'd resign from one department and switch over to another. He called them nomadic cops because some of them wouldn't just do it once. They did it over and over again. And sometimes they ended up in the same place. I knew we were going to find nomadic cops, right? I didn't realize that we were going to find a concentration of some at certain departments. And then I saw Superior. In 2017, Superior, Arizona had a pretty small police force, just nine full-time officers. And here's what Dave discovered when he put together his statewide database. Six of those officers were on the Brady list. So you have six of your nine full-time officers who are either documented criminals, liars, or have integrity concerns. So when you have your majority of officers who have this kind of history getting together, what kind of uh, chaos, I guess would be a way to put it, ensues? And what we found is pretty shocking. Six out of nine police officers in this little town of Superior, Arizona, are on a Brady list. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about officers who have been previously fired for having sex on duty, for getting in bar fights and then fleeing police themselves. Officers who got in trouble on one force and then hired by another. And a lot of them ended up in Superior. Maybe Superior's most nomadic cop was Officer Christian Ensley. Uh, we found he had been at five departments where he either failed to meet standards, was demoted, was placed under investigation, or fired. Superior ended up being the sixth that he was fired or left from. So, I mean, that's a guy that worked at six different police departments over his career. Um, And yet he still was able to remain an officer. So when Clint Peterson walked into the Superior Police Department in March 2017, he had no idea what was coming. That's just ahead. One night in March 2017, Clint Peterson and his old buddy Aaron Mon were out partying, getting pretty drunk. Eventually, Clint went home, but his friend didn't. Aaron ended up in jail after police found him sleeping on the side of the road. So Clint went to the Superior Police Station to pick him up. You're here to pick up your friend? What happened next was all recorded on body cameras. Okay, one second. So I came in and I was like, hey, uh, I think you guys have arrested my friend. 
Clint Peterson says he entered the station and walked up to a female police officer behind a window in the small lobby. Uh, I was coming to pick him up. And uh, she's like, well, who's your friend? I was like, Aaron Mon. Like, oh, okay. And then she hesitates for a minute. And uh... On the body camera footage, you can see the female officer's reaction. She kind of smirks. Hey, Ensley, can you come here a minute? Then turns to a fellow cop and says, Our friend's friend is here. It turns out Aaron had fled from the police after he failed to stop for a traffic violation. He took them on a car chase, off-road, through the desert, and then he ditched his vehicle. When the police found him that morning, they were pissed. They were freaking livid at him for getting away. They, they did not like him one bit, so they didn't like me either for coming to pick him up. Well, he's here to pick him up. Another officer comes in. It's Officer Christian Ensley. Now, remember, he's the one that Dave called the town's most nomadic cop. And uh, starts talking to me. You got my ID? I do. Let's have a look. And asked me for my identification. Yeah, it is. Why? And, well, he asked me if I had any. I said, yeah. And he said, well, can I see it? I said, no. And uh, that, that made him angry right away. I could tell. Yeah, I'm being suspected of a crime. And uh, I said, am I being accused of a crime? Yeah. It's called refusal to get truthful name. And he says, yes, uh, failure to identify yourself to police officer or whatever. Not a good idea. I told him my name because I didn't want to go to jail. And uh, I could already tell what was going down. Are you serious? Are you serious? He says, are you serious? I was like, are you serious? On the video, Officer Ensley grabs Clint's arm and starts asking him questions. How'd you get in touch with him? He did not run from those cops in Boston. Where were you last night? Is that right? How do you know that? How do we know you weren't involved? Where? Clint and his friend had been tossing back drinks before the car chase through the desert, so the cops were suspicious. Clint says he doesn't know anything. But then it gets pretty chaotic pretty quickly. False info for what? Do not fight us! Ensley throws Clint to the ground and tells him, you're under arrest. You're under arrest! Stop resisting! You're under arrest! You're under arrest! Then five officers come out of nowhere and they pile on top of them. Two cops leaning on each of Clint's arms. And then they cuff his arms behind his back. You can go to jail with your buddy now. Clint is arrested and put into a tiny holding cell along with his friend. You're under arrest for false reporting law enforcement and resisting arrest. Then they charge me with uh, resisting arrest and hindering an investigation. And two felonies they charge me with. Clint Peterson ended up suing the Superior Police Department. For months, he said prosecutors threatened a long sentence if he didn't plead guilty and agree to take a six-month sentence. So they were trying to get you to plead guilty. And I've been to court so many times over this. By the last time, that, that sent me off. I said, I just looked at the prosecutor or the judge and... Uh, I was like, so let me get straight. So if I don't plead guilty to this shit I didn't do, you're going to ruin my fucking life? Clint won a settlement, 
and the charges were eventually dropped. But all that took nearly a year and multiple court hearings. And during that entire time, prosecutors never disclosed the officer's past misconduct or provided the body camera video of Clint's arrest. According to personnel records, Ensley worked in at least six Arizona police departments, either failing to meet standards, resigning under investigation, or getting fired for dishonesty. There's bad cops everywhere, and nobody could deny that. Well, the good cops, so-called, don't stand up against them. They just let them do what they do, and they back them up. So they're bad cops, too. would eventually learn that in addition to Officer Ensley's bad record, another officer involved in his arrest, Commander Anthony Duran, had been fired from the Pima County Sheriff's Office for having sex on duty. In 2019, Duran was fired from Superior for, again, having sex on duty, which he recorded on his body camera. He also had pornography stashed on his work computer in a folder labeled Fun Time. There's a thousand ways they could have handled it different. Superior is in Pinal County, where Ken Volkmer is the county attorney. When he spoke to Dave a few years after the incident, he said he believes Superior has improved as a department. Still, when he looks at the video of what happened to Clint, he sees a man resisting arrest. But even when he was down, you will see that he did not comply. Once they said you're under arrest, he, he refused to let his arms. What he did is he made his arms tight and then he wouldn't allow his arms to come back together. That is the textbook definition of passive resisting arrest. And Volkner isn't shy about admitting his bias. My default position is I believe the police. I don't believe that they're going out of their way saying that, uh, you know, I want to light somebody up today. I want to bring somebody in. I want to meet some a non-existent quota or threshold. I don't believe our law enforcement officers are intentionally going out with an idea saying, man, I just want to shoot somebody. Man, I just want to taste somebody. Man, I just want to wrongfully arrest somebody. Um, When they write the report, we take that report at face value. And that, says Dave, is what makes what happened to Clint in Superior part of a much bigger problem. What happened here in Superior, what what happened in this police station, is really proof of of the failure of holding these officers accountable. When you let them continue to kind of skirt by and escape accountability, they bounce from one department to another where they eventually end up in the only place that'll take them. And that's a place like here in Superior. So this is, this is really, I think, one of the final examples. It's the culmination of what can happen when you don't hold these officers accountable. And if the Brady list were more, um there's more transparency on which officers are Brady List officers. Uh, do you think that would have changed what, you know, the, the conduct of these police officers? I mean, I they, think they ended up here, right? This was a second chance, so-called second chance department. I think that if you're a resident of a town or any city, large or small, and you can look up and see what kind of officers are being employed, it's probably going to cause the people that run your town or your city pause if they know and the public's going to know what kind of people you're bringing in to police them. I think, I mean, sun, sunlight is the best disinfectant. I mean, and, and that's why public information is so important. 
Dave gathered thousands of pages of documents covering 20 years. As of May 2022, he's revealed there were more than 1,800 names on the Brady list and hundreds of officers who were still active. And so it was the number that struck me too, like, wow, it's a lot, right? You look at Phoenix active officers, Phoenix has got like 2,700 officers right now. I think they might have like 110, 120 active officers on the Brady list by last time I checked. I mean, you're looking at one out of 25 and, you know, that's kind of a scary thought. You know, that's the amount that are running around. Think about, think about those 110 officers. How many arrests are they making? How many cases are impacted? Thousands? I mean, how much injustice do we have floating around out there? I mean, you hear people say, hey, I'm innocent. And we all go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've seen some cases where I've personally got people's charges dismissed. And it really makes you wonder. The failures and gaps are striking. What Dave discovered in his investigation is that Brady lists rely almost exclusively on voluntary reporting by law enforcement agencies. That there's no requirement for police and prosecutors to report Brady-level misconduct to the state agency. This is the agency that approves and removes an officer's license. He found hundreds of cases went unreported. That there are no established punishments for police departments and county attorney's offices that withhold or even hide Brady material. In Maricopa County, which includes Phoenix, he found at least 175 times when officials delayed putting officers on the list. And on average, it took well over a year for an officer to be placed on a Brady list following an allegation. But, he says, it's not all doom and gloom. Some of the officers we've reported on, they're no longer officers. The state police board has, you know, taken action or, you know, the scrutiny has forced them to retire, right? And so th- there, there's, some, there's some impact there. Beyond that, um, I think the public awareness has helped too. I think that there's an expectation of whether you're pro-police or you have a negative view of police, or whether you're just in the middle, like many people, and don't have a a strong opinion either way, there's an expectation of transparency. By showing these issues, by showing what can be tracked, by showing what information is available, people expect to see that now in news stories, in criminal cases, maybe in their own lives. And so when they realize what's supposed to be public, what's supposed to be accessible, when the expectation changes, that changes the system. How would you like to see the system be reformed? I would like them to start hiring people with morals. This is Clint Peterson again. I mean, not to say the cops don't have morals when they get in there, but I'd like to see them start hiring people that have stand-up morals that love the Constitution and want to uphold the Constitution, that look out for people's rights. And that's part of being a police officer, not people that want to trample on people's rights. By and large, I mean, there's a lot more we still need to know about 
how well they're going to go doing forward. Are these new policies really going to be effective? Are they still going to sit on this information before they release it? I mean, you know, these are big agencies, bureaucracies at play. Um, Funny things can happen in all those steps from person to person. And so, you know, it's something we still have to keep a close eye on. Right. So I think, I mean, bottom line is there are, you you have seen a lot of improvements, but uh, it's not an issue that's completely been resolved. Like there's still more changes that that need to happen. Until we can guarantee that people are always going to get their exculpatory evidence, I think there's always going to be an issue. And, and, and I don't know if it will ever not be completely an issue because, I mean, we're dealing with people and people and government agencies, they're not infallible. Um, I mean, after we did the Brady List reporting, I, I took, I couldn't take two steps before tripping over another massive scandal involving the Phoenix Police Department and the Maricopa County Attorney's Office working together to violate people's rights. The police and prosecutors are caught lying again. This time, the target is Black Lives Matter protesters. So we obtained the confidential grand jury transcript, and it is unbelievable in the worst way. The prosecutor and police went and told these jurors that this group not only was an organized gang that called themselves all cops or bastards, that they were planning to hurt police officers, absolutely all of that was proven to be 100% false. Because it was false. Because it was invented. It was a fabrication. It was made up. That's next time on Verified. Full disclosure. I'm Natasha Del Toro. 